0: And I made a quality decision to rejoice in this day. And I hope that you did also. But this was a day made especially for us to rejoice in it, to magnify the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Great I Am, the Lily of the Valley, the Bright in the Morning Star. He is the one that we are rejoicing in on today. So we just thank God again for his master plan of redemption i thank god that god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life we are living to live again hallelujah this is not our home we are only sojourners and we only allotted a specified amount of time and when that time is up we are out of here And I just thank God that we are yet in the land of the living to be able to share the gospel with men and women, boys and girls. There are people yet in the world that have never even heard about Jesus. But we know the scripture says that he will not return or come back until everyone has had the opportunity to hear about him. So today we thank God for this privilege to come into your homes. To share the gospel of Jesus Christ, to let someone know that they have hope, that hope is in Jesus. The world need the Lord. The world need Jesus. So many times people are going after status and after uh, the education, which is which is not wrong to pursue. And uh, but whatever, but sometimes we put so many things before God but we need to keep him, him in front of everything. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added. So we just thank God that we've been teaching on the importance of spiritual growth. And uh, this is, I think will be my last teaching of this lesson. And we've covered a lot of material and um, we have been teaching um, from where we left off on last week. We were talking about the world and the things of the world. Well, actually, that's where we're to start. We left off with... Uh when we receive salvation by faith, we receive sanctification. And we had gone back and shared the scripture in um, Acts 26, 18, where then when we receive Jesus now, that we are also receiving the inheritance of the saints that were sanctified years ago. So today I'm going to be starting with point. And point four is, although God sanctifies, separates one from the nature and power of sin, the believer must sanctify himself from the world, is number one, the world. And I'm going to be reading two scriptures, I'm going to be going to Romans 12, 1 and 2. And then 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 and 16. Now in Romans 12, 1 and 2, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So in other words, we have to uh, sanctify ourselves and separate ourselves from the things of the world. And we do that, by the renewing of our minds you know you can pray you can fast but if your mind is not renewed and your mind is new through the word of God and it's also renewed through prayer and fasting but it's the word that will renew your mind the most and if you do not renew your mind you can find yourself still in in, in, in a place of mediocrity because of the fact that your mind is not renewed. You're still thinking about old things, old hurts, old problems. And instead of moving ahead, you're worrying about the mistakes you've made in the past instead of moving forward to the things of God. And that the one thing Paul says, forgetting those things behind and reaching for those things that are ahead, because you cannot go forward looking back. So, we have to make sure that we're not conforming ourselves to the world, but being transformed by the renewing of our minds. And that's the one thing that we must learn to do. I'm going to go to uh, 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 and 16. 1 John. And... That scripture, um, let me me find that um, scripture for you. First John chapter two, verses 15 and 16. And it says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but of the world. And when he says love not the world, he's talking about love not the world system. See, there's a world system that is out to get people. And one area I know is a world system where they want to gamble. And they're always trying to Uh, entice people to gamble and just like there are alcoholics there are people that are addicted to gambling and they're throwing their monies away and monies that they need for really to take care of their families they're throwing away in gambling because that's a world system you know uh, uh uh enticement so we're not to love the things of the world so the next thing as believers, we are, we are to separate ourselves from unbelievers. Unbelievers. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 14 through 17. It says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God had said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you so that is saying a lot it says be not unequally yoked with unbelievers it says how can two walk together except they be agreed how can you walk together except they be agreed i remember when uh the mother prophesied with me that the lord did not have a safe husband for me and that my husband was going to be saved by my through my sanctification I I I I I wrestled with that thing because when I met Joe, I was concerned, and so. But the Lord, you know, clearly, clearly, you know, said that He was going to be saved through my sanctification. And in the tenth year of our marriage, the Lord saved him, filled him with the Holy Spirit, and six years later, he was called into ministry, and 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 the rest is history. You know, uh, we were together fifty-four years. But that was my concern about being unequally yoked. And I think I shared it before in the past how when I went to my pastor, which was uh, Elder Chandler Owens, and he shared with me the fact that my husband was not in uh, in Islam or in Jehovah Witness or in a uh, Latter-day Saints, you know, where they don't believe that Jesus is God, you know, I was safe <laughs> because my husband was a methodist and they said we were taught years ago if you weren't you know pentecostal or the same the same you know uh doctrine or same church you, you're unequally yoked but nevertheless the lord did hold true to that prophecy and the lord saved my husband through my sanctification and used him for many many years so but he tells us that we have to separate ourselves from the unbelievers. We're not to isolate ourselves. We can still mingle, you know, but what he is saying, that if I am saved and I'm still running around with all my unsaved friends, going to nightclubs and doing all those things that they're doing in the world, something is wrong. That I really accept Jesus? that I really get saved? You know, because when once you get saved, your your lifestyle is going to change. When you love the Lord, you're not going to love the things of the world any longer. Your focus is going to be wanting to grow and to learn more about Jesus. So we have to make sure that as we have to separate ourselves from unbelievers, but not isolate ourselves because that they will never know Jesus sometimes if we do not you know sometimes mingle with him but it gives us the opportunity to share the gospel with them so we also need to uh separate ourselves from all ethically uh impurity 2nd Corinthians chapter 7 verse 1 it says having therefore the promises dearly beloved let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit perfecting holiness in the fear of god having therefore these promises dearly beloved let us cleanse ourselves so as as even though sanctification we are learning how we can go through sanctification but some things we have to do it says you know it tells us having therefore these promises dearly beloved let us let us there are some things that we are responsible for even uh uh some of the uh things in colossians tells us you know how we have to take off and put on mortify the deeds of the flesh You know, all this is sanctification. When we mortify the deeds of the flesh, we are sanctifying ourselves, setting ourselves apart so that we can be used by God. So here it says, having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh. So some things we have to do, some things we have to put on, some things we have to take off in order to sanctify ourselves. So, we have to sanctify ourselves from all in purity. We also need to sanctify our minds. The scripture in Philippians uh, 2, it says, Let this mind that was in Christ Jesus also be in you. In other words, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So that means that we have to make a quality decision to let let the mind that was in Christ Jesus be in us. We have to sometimes declare that we have the mind of Christ. Because sometimes the enemy will try to tell you that you have lost your mind. But you got to tell him, "Uh uh-uh, no, I haven't lost my mind because I have the mind of Christ. And we have to declare that. We have to also sanctify our thoughts. Uh, Psalms 9, 4, and 11 says, The Lord knoweth the thoughts of man, (laughs) that they are vanity. I mean, we we can get really crazy with thoughts. And thank God that he can cleanse us from these thoughts. <laughs> I, you know, I, I think about the fact that we could be sitting in the church and we only knew the thoughts that were in people's minds during the service. Some of us would probably get up, run out, leave, or leave the pew near the person that, that's thinking so irrationally. Because the enemy wants And see, that's how the enemy gets us off course. He gets us in our thinking pattern, in our minds, our thoughts. He gets us to start thinking wrong thoughts. He gets us to start thinking wrong thoughts about ourselves, about other people. But we have to stay focused and think on the things of God and know that we have the mind of Christ. You know, when the enemy is trying to accuse you before God that you're you you, you you're losing your mind and you don't have the your right mind, you have to declare and, 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 and proclaim the word of God, that you have the mind of Christ. And every other thought that would try to come up against God and against you, you can pull it down. You can you can pull it down. You can pull it down and bring every thought into captivity to agree and align with God's word. So we have to sanctify our minds and know that and declare that we have the mind of Christ and our thoughts as well uh because the Lord knows our thoughts you you think you can hide them but he knows our thoughts even before we think them he knows what's going to come out of our mouth even before we say it and then we have to also sanctify our hearts Matthew 15 verse 19 says for out of the heart proceed evil thoughts murders adulteries fornication false witness, blasphemies. And Psalms 139 and verse 23 says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. Because he knows them already. And sometimes we need to ask God to search us. And then once he searches us, ask him to reveal anything that is not aligned with his word, anything that will take us down the wrong path, that will keep us from growing, that will keep us from sanctifying ourselves, to set ourselves apart for your use, ask him to reveal those things to you so that you can repent of it. What's the need of asking God to search your heart? And once he reveals, you don't repent. Because you see, there are some people that's teaching that you never need to repent anymore once you confess Jesus. But the devil is a liar. So we're going to repent. We're going to ask God to forgive us for our wrong thinking and, 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 and things of that nature. So we need to sanctify our minds, our thoughts, our hearts, and then again our bodies. And I've read this scripture before which is Romans 12, 1 and 2, where it says, "'I beseech you, therefore, by the mercies of God, "'that ye you present your bodies a living sacrifice, "'holy acceptable unto God, "'which is your reasonable service. "'And be not conformed to this world, "'but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, "'that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable.'" And perfect will of God and we know that his word is his will his word is his will so we thank God that we've you know been teaching about the importance of the spiritual growth the importance of spiritual growth and why we need to grow we don't want to remain and stay spiritual runs, but we want to be spiritual giants we want to be spiritual giants. And in order to be a spiritual giant, you must grow. We must grow in the things of God. You know, you have to want to grow in, uh, uh, in the things of God as we search his scriptures. First uh, Peter 1 and 2 says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God of Jesus our Lord. So in other words. The more that we grow. The more knowledge that we learn of God. The more we're going to grow. In uh, him. The more grace. And peace is going to be multiplied to us. So we don't want to remain. Spiritual ones But we want to be spiritual giants. In the name of Jesus. And we want to also. Um. Uh, consider the fact that in this particular scripture, the context, Peter was encouraging the growth of the saints in light of Jesus' return. And because we don't know when Jesus is going to return, we want to be ready when he does come. We don't know how he's going to come for us. I mean, those people that died in, on 9-11, they didn't know that was going to be their last day. None of us know how and when our last day is going to be. So he was he was encouraging the church, uh, uh, about Jesus' returned that they will grow, that when he comes, they wouldn't be, you know, caught off guard. Because when he comes, he's going to come like a thief in the middle of the night. You know, a thief doesn't announce himself. He comes unannounced, you know. And they said, if the, if the strong man had known when the thief came, he would have protected his house. But, you, but he did not know when he was going to come. So there are scoffers out there. They are saying that, you know, oh, we've been hearing that a long time. You know, that he's, Jesus is soon to return. But I've, I've heard it for 84 years. I've heard it all my life. But we know that one day to the Lord is as a thousand years and a thousand years as but one day. He's, he's making the time. He's giving us time that we can repent. He's giving us time to get it right. He's given that atheist time to open up his blinded eyes. He's given that that agnostic enough time that you don't have to prove that God exists, but know that he is because he is the creator of the universe. He's the one that created man. He he created the heavens and, and the earth. He even set the boundaries. I mean, even the waters know how far to come. Hallelujah. I mean, he set boundaries. And like he said, boundaries in nature, he said, boundaries in light of our life and how we are supposed to live. He is the one. Don't get mad with the preacher. Don't get mad with the teacher. But just know that God is the one that set the standards. And so we want to make sure that when Jesus comes, we'll be ready to to go back with him. We'll be ready for him. And we know that when he comes, we're going to, uh, 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 he's going to come and we're going to appear before him. And after death, the judgment. And we want to be ready for the marriage supper of the Lamb. So we want to grow in the things of God. Uh, some other scriptures in reference to sanctification that I will read uh, for you. I'm going to be reading Colossians 6 verse 11. I mean, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 11. He says here, And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. This is what Paul Shared with the church of Corinth, when you know he, he made it known to them that they were no longer sinners, but they were saints once they accepted Jesus. And he told them here that once were some of you, you know, you you uh, you were uh, in sin, you were fornicating, you were uh, drunkards, you you were doing all the things that sinners do. He says, but, he says, and such were some of you, but ye are washed in the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. But ye are sanctified. Now, they have been set apart, sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So we just thank God for the fact that some of us, have we once walked, no longer walking in that way. So this evening we just thank God for that teaching on the importance of spiritual growth and at this time I would like to give someone an opportunity to accept Jesus as your personal savior. If you're out there, you're riding along in your cars or your automobiles, your home sitting you know in your comfort and your of your home and you've never accepted Jesus. you've never prayed a prayer of salvation. Pray this prayer with me. Is there any reason why you cannot accept Jesus? What's holding you back? Is there any reason that you cannot? So if there's no reason that you cannot accept him, please pray this prayer with me this evening. Father God, I confess that I am a sinner in need of salvation. Jesus, I believe in your death in your burial, and in your resurrection. Come and indwell me. Come and live on the inside of me. Fill me with your spirit. Wash me with your blood. Justify me, sanctify me, and purify me, and write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. Be my Lord, my Savior, my friend my baptizer and my keeper if you have prayed that prayer you are born again and you have started a new journey if you need uh information additional information to help you on this journey call 856-629-1764 and we'll be happy to send you additional information to help you on your new journey. You're on your, in fact, you are in heaven. You're seated with him already in heavenly places. So we just thank God that the angels are rejoicing for you tonight. So at this time, whatever you do, forget not to tell someone about Jesus because Jesus is Lord. Be blessed and we love you in the Lord. God bless.